Hey there, business builders. Today, we're discussing the importance of contemplating life's bigger questions and how reflection on these questions shapes our life-work balance. From personal anecdotes to philosophical insights, we explore what truly drives and fulfills us beyond the daily grind. Well, welcome to the Business Builders Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Brenton Gowland. And I'm Ron Tomlian. And Brenton. Since our last podcast, how's your sleep been? (laughs) Well, it's been good. I don't have too much trouble sleeping. As we mentioned on the podcast with Dr. Kristen Kemp, my partner sleeps a bit more than I do. She does about nine hours. I'm about six. The one thing I've been trying to do since we've talked with Dr. Kemp is keep up my sleep pressure. So I'm trying not to nap on the couch or sleep at other times of day. And I am finding as soon as I go to bed within about 15 minutes, I'm off into the land of nod. So I'm That's, enjoying it. Yeah, 15 learned- minutes. I'm, it's more like 15 seconds for me. <laughs> well, you're, you're more advanced, Sensei. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad about that. But um, I learned a bunch from that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Discussion. It was fantastic. It was really good to hear that it's not that hard to get things back on track, even when you've got sleep problems. Yep. And just if you are interested, I'm running a poll for our listeners at the moment on my personal LinkedIn account and in our podcast group account about how much sleep people get on average per night. And it's really interesting because I think there's about 20 or so people who've responded to it so far. And Dr. Kemp said that on average, people get seven hours sleep. And the column with seven hours, there's people who get, there's four choices. You either get less than six, six hours, seven, eight or more. And the seven hours sleep column is going wild. So she's spot on. According to LinkedIn poll results, yes. So if you're out there, just look up my account, Brenton Gowland, and jump on the poll and add your two cents worth and we'd love that. And the truth of the matter is I think about it, I'm about seven, seven and a half hours. We haven't responded to the poll yet. No, no, I know, I know, So what are we talking about today, Mr. Tomlian? Well, well, we're talking about life-work balance in general, and we're about to go into a period where hopefully, if people have been listening, they are taking some time off Mm. for the Christmas break. And I thought it would be worthwhile suggesting that people think about the bigger picture. The bigger picture? The bigger picture. When you think about life-work balance and your priorities in life and so on, it becomes way too easy for you to become just busy all the time. I've found in my life that spending some time thinking about the bigger picture is important. Why is it important? What I've found, and when I talk to people, I think most people find some point in their life, probably more than once, they are going to be confronted with some Issues that make them think about their mortality, make them think about uh, other people's mortality, uh, make them think of what's this all about. And if you haven't invested the time to really get into what does this mean for me, what's my perspective on it, what are my values, what's important to me, what are my priorities, you're going to be blindsided Mm. by such events. Agreed. And it's funny you should mention that because- Last weekend on Sunday, I got a phone call about six o'clock as my partner and I were driving back from being away and my mother had had a fall 
So we went and grabbed her, dropped everything immediately, took her to hospital. I spent the night and part of the next day in hospital with her. Turns out she'd done a great job of breaking her wrist and hip. Now, most people, apparently, their hip breaks and they fall. Mm -mm. My mum was doing Pilates up against a wall, doing a one-legged pose, as you do. Impressive. Yeah, and she's also got vertigo because she's got a hearing mechanism missing in one ear. And so she fell and tried to break the fall with her hand, and she broke her hand instead and and then broke her hip. She ended up, uh, obviously, in hospital, and she's had a hip transplant. That's a confronting thing. Absolutely. For for her, obviously, but also for you. But the reason I bring it up is I learned years ago through thinking about what's the big picture that in my life, friends and family, if anyone has a health issue, a near-death experience, whatever, you drop everything, no matter what it is, work can wait. Drop everything and go to the aid of that person because if they're not there, if something really bad had happened, I'd never forgive myself. And and you've got to the crux of what I've been talking about, that what gives you that capacity to say, I'm going to drop everything? It's a moral compass. Mm. It's what you think is right for you. But you need to think about those things before mm. so that you have the capacity, the direction, the mm. drive to do what you think is right at the time that those things happen. Because everything happens so quickly, usually mm. when there's a, a crisis or a disaster in your life. You don't have time to think about that. And it's really interesting. That came from when I was younger and I used to spend a lot of time at church because, and I've mentioned to you before that not a religious person per se, I haven't been to church in many years. (laughs) You won't talk about that, but when I did- A bit longer for me, I can tell you that much. (laughs) When I did, it's really interesting because sometimes the church sermon's a bit like latest pop psychology. So there's some good stuff in it. And it always struck me, and they always talked about the fact that people are the most important thing, but it, it just embedded in me this sense that really, at the end of the day, people are more important than the things we do, like the relationships we have, how we care for those around us and that sort of thing. And so that just stuck with me hmm. because I think it was one of those things that got embedded in me that I went, yeah, this is correct. This is right. Hmm. Oh, well, there's plenty of research that shows exactly what you're talking about. The Harvard study into what makes for a good life with Robert Waldinger as the current director of the study has been going for over 80 years. Mm. And that's shown that the greatest predictor of people's happiness, Mm. and I'm talking about fulfillment, happiness, all those sort of concepts, it's social connection, connection to your immediate loved ones, connection to the broader community. It's that social interaction and relationships that make life meaningful and worthwhile. So if you're looking for life-work balance, you want to get down to the core of it, it comes to that. But thinking about that, thinking about what's important to me, what are my priorities, what does this all fit, it becomes, I think, important to do that on a regular basis. And, the, and I say this from bittersweet experience. Mm-hmm. We were talking about it beforehand that I remember I just got a job as a CEO. I just had my second child. I was working really hard. I had all sorts of things going on in my life. And unfortunately, my dad was dying Mm. and he died. And I didn't have time to grieve, did not have the time. I hadn't thought about it. And I'd previously rejected religion outright. Yep. You know, it's kind of the way to, to go nowadays for a lot of people. But unfortunately, you end up throwing out the baby with the bathwater. The concepts that underpin religion, I'm not talking about the dogma. I'm talking about the, the concepts that underpin this, 
what is out there and how do we answer the big questions of our lives, mm. they come into religious practice. Mm. And so when you reject that, you are not regularly thinking about those bigger things. Interesting. And so I didn't grieve and I ended up regretting that later on because I went into a, a state of depression yeah. and I didn't know why. And it suddenly came to me that in talking with my wife who said, you, you haven't grieved properly. You haven't gone through the process. And it got me thinking about, well, I don't think about this sort of stuff at all. I, I put it to one side as though I could put it to one side, as though I could ignore it and get on with the pressing things in my life, which actually weren't that important in comparison to thinking about my family, my father, my mother and the effects it was having on her. Your mother-in-law. My mother-in-law, let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, all those things. And and so my experience, and I, I see it with the, the CEOs that I work with, I see it in my relationships with other people. When that whole concept of something bigger than the everyday confronts you, and I don't really care whether people use a religious framework to think about this stuff, whether they read about philosophy, whether they meditate. I find meditating and walking in nature, mm. especially looking at the, the night sky, mm. the good night sky, when you're out in the countryside and you can mm. actually see the size, all that helps internalize this sense of there is something bigger out there. I, and I don't care what you call it. Well, it's interesting because we spoke about the Alcoholics Anonymous 12-step program mm. when we were preparing for this discussion. Mm. And the whole premise of beating alcoholism and drug problems and so forth is based on looking at a higher power. Now, I have never been through that program, but I just think it's interesting that you look to a higher power or whatever it is that you believe to actually help you overcome challenges in your life. So you also said that we are community driven really because we're a social animal and we need people in our lives. So if we spend time to consider and contemplate the bigger picture, as you're saying, whatever that is for each of us, and I think it is a bit different for each of us. I think it's an individual journey. I know one of my tech members was Baha'i. Yeah. Do people know what a Baha'i is? No. Can you explain? Well, this is the way he explained it. His religious framework believed that we all had a responsibility to contemplate all sorts of different concepts in terms of the bigger picture mm. and choose the ones that were the most appropriate for us. Yeah. In their faith, they don't accept that there's any one path it's the individual's path that becomes important. And we should be open to ideas from all different religions. Yep. And it's really interesting. One of my business partners is getting a bit older and we caught up for the Christmas staff show just a little while ago with Nucleus, the agency we own. And he told me that he's now Buddhist. So it's interesting you say that because it's interesting to see people and, and this person was non-religious, really non-religious. Mm. And now they're it's 10 years on since we've become business partners and this person has now become Buddhist. So mm. I think that's interesting how people's journeys evolve over time. And you'll notice that particularly people, as they get a bit older, they tend to look for what you're talking about, deeper meaning to things. Mm. I can speak from personal experience here. As you get older, your mortality confronts you whether you want to confront it or not. The, the, the fact that you are going to die becomes something that's a little bit more real for you. 
Um, in that way, it becomes easier to say, well, now I've got to put this in my life. But I think it's important for everyone to consider that. I know the Stoics, their philosophy talks about the fact that death is ever present. Mm. And you're getting closer to it every day. And in, in fact, the days that you've already spent are indicators that it is coming closer. It's a wonderful way to think about it because we shouldn't be neglecting this because it's too depressing. It's a fact of life. Yeah. And we're talking about life-work balance. One of the things we have to balance is this idea that we are going to die someday. And just one of my personal opinions, I have a set of filters where I now actively are types of people who have a moral code that doesn't align with mine. And what I mean by that is that I've seen plenty of business people just walk all over the other people, have no care, no concern for how they treat people. And I just don't want to borrow that anymore. Hmm. And that's because my moral compass says that there is a better way to do business than burning everything in your path to achieve a win. Because I think with some people, business becomes the religion, business becomes the thing they live for. And I think that's not a life well lived. Oh, I agree with you. That's my personal bigger picture thing. Yeah, It's a little bit like I've told this story to people before. An Australian goes to Fiji and he's- (laughs) It's a good start. Yeah. He goes on a charter. And the guy who's running the charter loves it. And the Australian says to the guy running the boat, listen, you've got a great business here, but you're kind of small. Why don't you think about expanding your business? There'd be a lot of people who'd want to do what I just did, and Mm. you're great at doing this. And the Fijians say, okay, tell me more about that. So he says, well, you could get two boats. You get three boats. You get four boats. You teach the people where the good fishing spots are and so on. He said, oh, yeah, that sounds fantastic. And the Australian says, and then you could have a, a business and you could take off and do whatever you want. And the Fijian guy says, yeah, that's great. The Australian says, so what would you want to do if you could have all the time in the, the world to, to do what you want to do? And the Fijian said, probably take people out fishing. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. We need to think about what's important to us. And business, for the sake of business, is not particularly satisfying because, especially as you pointed out before, when you're burning relationships along the way to satisfy profit goals and so on, you're burning the one thing that makes life worthwhile, which mm. is the relationships. So I guess what we're saying here today is that for a life well lived, if you want to have a good life work balance, as the series that we're running at the moment, you really need to consider some things that are other than work. And that is, what is the bigger picture? What's really driving you? And I know I've talked about this before, but in that book, the seven habits of highly successful people. I think that's what the first chapter is all about. Working out what's your driving force. What's that thing that's driving you? Mm. And, and answering the question, what does success mean for me? And it's not about the biggest profit. It's not about the biggest house or, mm. the, or the most expensive car and so on, because all of those things do not lead to greater fulfillment or happiness. Yeah. And look, I, I want to stress that the bigger picture doesn't need to be a religious thing it's for Some people it is. Yes, I believe in God. I don't go to church anymore. That comes from when I was younger. And that's been a a really influential thing in my life, particularly to set a moral compass and to create values. But when I was talking earlier about what you said about us being a social animal, I think as we're coming up to Christmas, my encouragement would be to invest a bit of time in yourself. And it might be reading other people's opinions on philosophy, as you often talk about. Mm. It might be reading self-help books, God Mm. forbid. Uh, (laughs) It might be 
going on those walks you're talking about with your partner or on your own and actually talking about some deeper things. My partner has been doing this thing recently and asking me, I don't know where she found them. I'll find out these deep questions to start conversations. So she'd come to me with questions about what's the most valuable thing that's happened in your life from this point in time or what's one of the most foundational things that happened to you as a young person. And I'll be like, wow, uh, what's your fondest childhood memory? And that would get us, she just randomly throw these things into a conversation and she'd research these questions. Yeah, I and think, that made us really talk about things deeply. I think having a genuine sense of curiosity mm-hmm. about- um, That what, should be your mantra. Yeah, well it, well, it is. I mean, to my way of thinking, leadership is about genuine curiosity. Yes. Being interested in people and, and under, trying to understand them. I'm not always great at it myself, I've got <laughs> to say, but I, I do try and remind myself of mm. that on a regular basis. And I think curiosity about the world and the universe, to my way of thinking, there's so much wonder. Mm. And one of the, the mechanisms for gaining a sense of the bigger picture is being grateful for all the little things. Mm. And that sense of gratitude can lead you towards a curiosity about the universe, about life. There's one thing or one verse in the Bible that really jumped out at me as a kid. And it's stuck with me for years and years to the point that I remember it right now. And it's very pertinent to what we're talking about. And it goes like this. It says, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing and it's the glory of man to search it out. And I, that always struck me as, you know, things are hidden for us to find. And I think in what we're talking about, to really find that driving purpose, because that's where real leaders come from. They've found their purpose. They've found that drive and they they live in it. And when you live in that drive, you inspire other people. And when people around you say, wow, that's really inspiring. Wow, I want to, I want to do that. I want to be like that. There's a reason they do that. And I, I think that's because people invest in themselves and they spend that time searching out the answer to those questions that we're talking about today. What's driving you? Yeah, for yourself. Yeah, for yourself. For yourself. Yeah. And you can't do it for other people. You can only do it for yourself. Yeah. You can help other people to do it for themselves. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's your seeking the answers to those questions that makes it important. So our encouragement with today's Life Work Balance series episode is for people to do what as they come towards Christmas? Well, spend some time over the break thinking about the bigger picture, being curious about uh, finding answers for themselves Mm. to the bigger questions in life. Because you, you will be confronted by them at some stage in your life better to prepare beforehand so that you have a life well lived. Fantastic. Now, just a couple of things. We've decided that we are going to keep this series going for two episodes after Christmas, because after Christmas, what are the things we need to work on, Ron? Food intake, because we've probably overdone it over Christmas, (laughs) and our exercise. So we're going to finish off the Life Work Balance series after Christmas with, we're going to try and find a nutritionist and a someone who's skilled with physical exercise. So if any of our listeners know anyone, just contact us on LinkedIn and let us know, but we'll do our own little search for that. And I think in a couple of weeks time, just before Christmas, we're going to do one more episode on mental health, but mental health in the sense of being able to check into yourself. Mm -hmm. And I've got someone that I think will be absolutely perfect. Someone who's lived through difficulties Mm. and has what I consider to be a, a wonderful mechanism for thinking about your mental health. Yeah, and a very important time of year to talk about this kind of thing because a lot of 
mental health issues come home to roost at Christmas. Yeah, Christmas can be a stressful time for they can be a wonderful time, but it can mm-hmm. also be a stressful time. So it's worthwhile having this discussion just before Christmas. Right. And for our listeners, if you haven't already, join our LinkedIn group. It's called Business Builders Podcast. So just search out that group and we look forward to having you be part of that group and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. See you in a couple of weeks. It's bye from me. And bye from me.